estate planning made easy. This is The Strong Room on 770 CHQR, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. We hope you've had a great summer and you've thought about the need for a plan for your life going forward. That's a particularly important question for those of you with an estate of one million or more. The plan is about protecting assets, maximizing wealth, and minimizing tax. An estate plan is not a will. It's a play that takes into account what you want to do with your life and how you can make that possible through good financial planning. Learn more by attending a Macmillan Estate Planning Seminar. The next ones are in Red Deer on Wednesday evening, September 26th, and in Calgary on Thursday evening, September 27th. Register online at macmillanestate.com. You can learn more about some of the topics that will be covered in the seminar and how those topics relate to you. It might be the best 90-minute investment you could make in your future. Welcome back to The Strong Room on 770 CHQR. More of my conversation now with Martine Tollefson from Macmillan Estate Planning. We're talking about the possibility of declaring your recreational property as a principal residence and what some of the considerations should be in making that decision. Everyone in Canada has the exemption to have their principal residence growing tax exempt. Uh, However, if you have another property, which is this recreational property that you might have in Kelowna or wherever, if you've owned it for a substantial amount of years, maybe... You know, that's very common for for clients to come and say, oh, we bought this in 1970 and it costs us $10,000 and now it's worth a million, uh, something like that, like in Kelowna. You can designate certain years to the principal residence deduction or exemption if your current principal residence maybe doesn't have as much growth on it. The accountants can sort out what makes sense for that to be allotted to that recreational property instead of the actual principal residence. And that way they can save a bit on tax when the transfers do happen. Because capital gains are due in two ways. If you, well, actually three ways, sorry. It would be if you sell the cottage, there's capital gains. If you change ownership, you might not have the cash because you've given it to the kids. So that's a gifting during lifetime, but really the taxes are due um, in the government's eyes, in the CRA's eyes, they want their tax. Or if you pass away, then again, that's deemed to be disposed of. So the tax is due. So what can we do to kind of minimize the tax? So and, that's always a consideration. And too. is that where trusts may enter the picture? Well, if you put it into a trust now, it kind of stays in that trust. Even though there's more complicated rules behind the trust, the ownership doesn't change after it's in the trust. So the beneficiaries can still enjoy that property. And we haven't even talked about the the inner workings of them using that property. It leaves it in the trust. So there's no taxes due on the estate. But you probably have a few clients who call Alberta home who live part of the year, at least, mm-hmm. in Kelowna or on Salt Spring Island or or in some other jurisdiction outside of Alberta. That's right. And, and they have to defend what they call their principal residence that's right. to satisfy Canada Revenue Agency. Mm-hmm. So that's where the principal residence exemption can come in. You can 
sort out how many years uh, it would make more sense to designate that cabin or cottage to be your principal residence. I think it's pretty easy to see what could go wrong in all of this. I think the bottom line point that we need to emphasize is uh, if you are well enough uh, financially to own multiple residences, uh, including a cottage or something like that, you'd best get some professional advice in terms of these questions or it's going to cost you or your estate an awful lot of money. Yeah, that's very true. The other thing about that is um, to sort it out while you're while you're still alive so that your beneficiaries aren't, it can cause disputes among family members. It's a very common thing also for it to be a real strain on family relationships as well. So even the, you know, when the we were talking about the money and the taxes, can you still visit with your family members? I, I've met with clients that haven't talked to their sibling for 20 years because there was an issue with a cottage and they don't even talk to each other anymore. So does it make sense to deal with it now, sort it out so the kids know maybe we we have to have user agreements because, you know, one one person's version of clean is a, a different version for someone else, right? So the bottom line is uh, Family Dynamics or Canada Revenue Agency Make sure you get some financial advice on this and get it set up while you are in charge. That's right. Martine, let's expand the the thought on trusts. Uh, Tax is one reason why somebody might put a a recreational property or a second home or something like that in a trust. Um, What other reasons might there be? Tax is a huge reason, but there's other reasons that we use trusts. One of them is creditor protection. You know, if uh, there's multiple owners, you've got the kids on there. Um, If one of them gets sued, having the trust own it doesn't have anything to do with that child's situation. Creditor protection also protects from if they have a divorce. So it's not part of the matrimonial property. So that doesn't affect it. And another reason that people use trusts for cottages is to bypass probate. In Alberta, it's not that big of a deal. But in BC, one of the provinces that has a quite a hefty probate tax, the province charges anywhere up to 5% for a probate for the estate. So some families want to bypass that process because they don't want to pay that tax. Just to provide an example, 5% of a million dollar property is a lot of money. Exactly. So if you put it into trust, then it bypasses probate and it's outside the will. So that actually can work for some families so they don't have that big probate fee to pay. Uh, The other consideration, it seems to me, is that mom and dad have bought the property in Kelowna. But if they have five kids and all the kids have to be treated as equals, uh, how do you take that property and divide it equitably among five people, one or more of whom may be subject to the divorce, which speaks to the family dynamic matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and how do you then arrange for that family to manage that property and care for that property and use that property um, without causing a major fight within the family unit? Well, the neat thing about trusts is the maker of the trust, which is the parents, 
can actually make the rules around the trust. Or they can come to some sort of agreement with the family that, okay, here's the calendar, you put in uh, your request for the year, when do you want to use the cottage? You can't have everybody there all at once, more than likely, if you, especially if you have like five kids and all their kids and a bunch of grandkids. That's a lot of people. And fighting kind of over the usage of when they can be the ones to be at the property. And then the other thing is when people are using it, they might not be doing their fair share of the work involved with maintaining a cottage. So it, it can cause some disagreements and such. So by setting the, the property into a trust, there's a rule book of yeah. how that trust will, how it's gonna will, work. will, will make the, the property work, uh, how it will be managed, who will contribute to it. Uh, and who will benefit from it. Yeah, and the other thing is that there's also families where uh, some of the kids might not be able to use the cottage and so they don't want to be in that um, shared kind of ownership. What do you want to say under the heading of solutions? Solutions. I would say that, first of all, you want to... Uh, address the whole estate at once to see what makes sense, whether it should be transferred through a will, whether it makes sense to use a trust. Do you want to avoid the probate? A lot of times it ends up being a trust, but it doesn't have to be. It could be something uh, like a testamentary trust, which is in, in the will process. So there's different trusts we can do also. So a lot of times we'll use a trust while you're alive. Other times, you know, it's simple enough to use a testamentary trust, which means after you're gone. There's also, you know, an insurance type factor sometimes where maybe when somebody doesn't want to use the cottage, they will never use it. So they'll give it the option to the other kids, but somehow you need to pay out the other child that's not going to use the cottage. Sometimes we'll cover that with an insurance type product that will help that. Gifting during lifetime, sometimes it makes sense to do. Just the bottom to work line, though, the bottom line is to get professional advice uh, and don't do something until you get that advice and figure out how best to apply it to your situation. Mm-hmm. Look at all the options, make sure it makes sense. Martine Tollefson from McMillan Estate Planning. We continue to watch what the BC government may do with respect to that special tax it proposes to levy in certain parts of the province. You will want to do that as well. That's our program for this week. Thanks for joining us on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.